This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of Acts. Saul of Tarsus, who would later become known as the Apostle Paul, kind of takes the point. He's now the figurehead for the church. And and the gospel is carried now into the Gentile world. And the latter half of the book of Acts is really a description of the birth of world missions as the gospel, you know, going beyond Jerusalem and that region of Judea into the rest of the world. And, you know, going to those non-Jewish people who didn't have the testimony of the living God. The Word of God has transforming power, and as we'll learn from the message today, it reaches to every corner of the earth. Pastor Robert shares the transition of the gospel from an audience of Jewish people to the mission field of the world. What part will you have in the spreading of the gospel today? Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert with today's message. Let's look at Acts chapter 15 together. We just kind of walk through the scriptures together. We study the Bible. One of the things that I fell in love with about the Calvary Chapel approach to ministry years and years ago was the fact that the pastors were just real honest in saying, I don't really have a whole lot to say that's going to do you any good, but the Word of God has everything you need for life and godliness. And if we just go through the book together, explore it, talk about it, you know, consider what's written there, God will use His Word to transform your life from the inside out. So that's what we do. And we've been looking at the book of Acts for a number of weeks now. We we you know work through the, the opening chapters where we see the church actually born, the Holy Spirit falling a, a, upon the early believers in the Lord Jesus there in Jerusalem, and and then Peter moving to the forefront, leading the way, and then round about chapter 12, we see a transition take place as this Jewish phenomenon, because that's really what it had been up to then. It was the church was entirely Jewish. But now, you know, that was it was never God's intention to leave things that way. And and so Peter begins to move to the background and and this other guy comes to the forefront, Saul of Tarsus, who would later become known as the Apostle Paul, kind of takes the point. He's now the figurehead for the church. And, and the gospel is carried now into the Gentile world. And the latter half of the book of Acts is really a description of the birth of world missions as the gospel you know, going beyond Jerusalem and that region of Judea into the rest of the world. And you know, going to those non-Jewish people who didn't have the testimony of the living God. You know, most of the world was worshiping multiple deities, you know, carve out of a rock or something and, and say that represented God. Or, or like, you know, in Peru, the Incas worshiping 
the sun and other deities and so forth. But Paul began to go as the, the Lord saved him and, and take the gospel to the Gentiles. And, and initially, he went with Barnabas, and, and actually Barnabas was leading the way. And then in an incredible act of humility, apparently Barnabas realized that Paul needed to be the one taking the lead. And he submitted himself, Barnabas submitted himself to the one he had been leading. And now Paul is, is leading the way. And, and they journeyed through the region, the region known as Galatia, where the Gauls, the early Celtic people, had migrated there. And, and, and then they went back, made their way back home to Antioch. And as we pick it up in, in verse 1 of chapter 15, there's some, some controversy now develops in the church. It says, certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you're circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, describing the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy to all the brethren. And when they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all things that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed rose up, saying, it is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Now, give me your attention, and let's consider what's taking place here, because it, it really is kind of a natural, or at least I think, sort of a natural turn of events. It was a Jewish phenomenon. Remember, it was, it was the Jews to whom God had given the testimony concerning Himself. He, he, he entrusted to them the law. He entrusted to them the guidelines about how He wanted to be viewed, who He was, how He expected to be worshipped, and, and all this kind of stuff. He gave them the, 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 you know, the, the law, the Ten Commandments and everything, and the dietary laws and, and ceremonies and rituals and, you know, that would separate them from all the other nations of the earth so that they would be different. He told them, I want you to be a unique people. I want others to notice that you're unique and different. And so he, a lot of what he did with them was designed just for that. Now, a lot of what he did with them had a bigger purpose. You know, the Jewish people were washing their hands before they ate, long before anybody knew that was a good thing to do, because God told them to. He didn't even tell them why. He didn't say, listen, there's this stuff called germs and bacteria. You need to wash that stuff off. It's nasty. He just said, wash your hands. Here's how you do it. He even taught them the way he wanted it done. You know, there was a time in earth's history when the Jews were persecuted for the simple reason that all around them, people were dying from diseases, but the Jewish people weren't. And so the societies decided that it must be the Jews bringing the diseases to kill everybody else off because none of them were dying. It made sense. It wasn't true. It seemed logical. But the fact of the matter was, God had given them guidelines for the way to prepare their meat, the way to take care of their foods, what not to eat, what to eat, how to wash, how to keep clean. And, and a lot of these things have protected them as a people through the centuries because before anybody understood why, God had given them some clear guidelines. But anyway, He, he made them unique. He made them, he made them different. And they had always worshipped God the way God told them to worship Him. And now there's this understanding, even among the Pharisees, the most conservative, the most orthodox group within Judaism. You know, there were a bunch of different sects, 
bunch of different groups within Judaism. And, and this really ultra-conservative group, a bunch of them now have become Christians. They've come to the conclusion that their Messiah truly has come. That Jesus from Nazareth was actually God in the flesh. The one that had been promised him, they'd been waiting for him for centuries, now had come. Well, does that change anything in the way they, they worship? Well, not as far as they knew, not as far as they understood. They were to continue worshiping the way they had always worshipped. It's just that now we understand that our Messiah has come. And so when, when this thing happens that now these non-Jewish people who had never been circumcised, they had never eaten kosher, they had enjoyed bacon to their heart's content. But now, now what? It was natural that this group of Pharisees should say, well, yeah, they're going to, I mean, sure, they're going to have to worship God like we worship God. They're going to have to be circumcised. They're going to have to start keeping the law. They're going to have to stop eating this and start eating, you know, and, and, and all of these different things, the rituals and, and all of this stuff. It was natural that they thought those things should be imposed upon the Gentiles. Now, listen, I, man, I see the church doing that a lot of times. When I was a kid growing up, I can promise you, if my mom and dad had walked in the back door of a church and seen the pastor dressed like this, right back out the door they would have went. That would have been it. Just that's no tie. The pastor's not wearing a tie. What kind of church is this? I remember one time, this was about seven or eight years ago, this teenage boy started coming with his mom, visited a couple of times, and she was laughing about it later. He's like, Mom... Why are you going to that ghetto church? They don't even have pews or nothing. Because he had this religious understanding. This is the way you do it. You know, I was teasing the church in Peru. I mean, I love our worship. This church in Peru, oh my goodness, man. They were, they were like out of control. They had, a, they had a guy that was just wearing it out on the drums, and they had another guy, you know, on the bongos and everything, and a couple of guitar players and three or four, four or five vocalists. I mean, they had this huge band, and it was just... It was so loud. I told my wife, I said, when I first went in there and heard them, I'm thinking, I'm going to have to take something, you know, Tylenol or something, because I'm going to have a headache. This is so loud. But it was awesome. But I was teasing the congregation. You know, when I was a kid in a church, drums, electric guitar, guitars, period. No, 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 no. We don't do that. That's, this is church. Church is for organs. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited. God has been doing some amazing things with Main Thing Radio. Opportunities to air Main Thing Radio are popping up all over the United States. We are so thankful to God for what He is doing, and we would love to see Main Thing Radio continue to expand, sharing the gospel, teaching God's Word all over the world. But of course, bringing you Main Thing Radio on this station comes at a cost. We purchase time on this radio station, and this program has been professionally produced. While we certainly don't want to pressure anyone into giving, we would like to ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Main Thing Radio. Your support will open more doors for Main Thing Radio. To make a secure donation, please log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. Now here's Tracy with some information about the Main Thing Radio podcast. <laughs> 
Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God. Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. Thanks, Tracy. Join us next time for another edition of Main Thing Radio.